Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
here this uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving. We're excited about Christmas uh, coming up soon. And as you've seen, we've got the sanctuary decorated. And I want to thank all the ladies that put all the decorations together. But anyway, uh, we certainly appreciate that. Now, several announcements that we will make. First, we've got Kim, and she's going to make some stuff about the mission.
visiting with us today are all online. We want to say a word of welcome to you and uh, if you haven't had a chance to, to be greeted, we want to do that. So we ask this morning you would instead, we want to turn and greet our guest today and in just a moment we'll sing our fellowship chorus as we continue to worship together.
Take your Bible and open this morning to Isaiah 6, our little guidance, and make your way to children's church. You guys go right ahead. Isaiah 6. Maybe like me, you, last night or yesterday afternoon, was watching the Auburn and Alabama football game. And of course, I was surprised uh, by the halftime score to see Alabama down, which is an unusual thing in and of itself. And uh, the sideline reporter had been interviewing, of course, the coaches going in to halftime. She had said something in her uh, introduction to what the Auburn coach had said to her about the second half game plan that I thought was interesting. Uh, she called it by name. She said, basically, this was her opening. Uh, he was calling a spade a spade. Now, when she said that, uh, I kind of scratched my head and I thought, well, that's a, a rather unusual saying today when you don't hear very often. And then, of course, that got my and I thought, well, what does that mean? What do I think it means? What does it really mean? And then also in my mind, I was thinking, is that a phrase that they should be using today in this climate of, uh, I guess, sensitivity that we have in our world today? Uh, is that one that uh, we shouldn't get in trouble for uh, because of perhaps uh, a racial overtone? So I got to looking up the, uh, is it etymology? Is that the right word? I don't know if that is. Uh, it's in there. But got to looking up that phrase, calling a spade a spade. And it's a phrase that simply means speaking the truth of the truth. You know, basically saying this is, this is the very truth of that truth. And then studying the history of it, it's rather surprising to find out that it actually goes way back. And originally, it was uh, used for calling on trial, a trial, that uh, which bricklayers would use to lay brick on blocks, okay? And so that's kind of one of the original phrases of that of the phrase. And then later on, it got changed over. I think it was a play, I just remember very well, it had been written, uh, a famous play in India for a done in London where instead of using the trial that was played uh, that a bricklayer used, said, well, we're going to use a shovel, uh, a spade, as a spade. And the spade is the spade of a shovel. Which that, I thought that was surprising because I always thought, well, the spade that was referred to in that phrasing was, well, the playing cards. Well, that didn't happen until the 1900s uh, when people began to talk about the spade being a spade locking into the ace of spades that is in a deck of cards and, and saying that's the truth or something, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, and then, of course, from that, uh, there was this uh, sort of uh, hint of that word, uh, spade being used in a racial way. Now, of course, the whole thing that I was reading was saying, well, it really might be a phrase that ought to be retired in our day, basically the first thing. I thought it was rather interesting the history of that whole phrase that maybe you haven't been familiar with because you're a young person that never heard of it. But I didn't know that it applied to that 
I want to this morning think with you about what is really the truth of the truth. Something that uh, C.L. Brenner said years ago. He said, there's not much I do know about God in the sense of the fullness of God. He said this, but what I do know has definitely changed my life. And I thought about this statement and I thought how true it is. You know, the older I get, even the more experienced I get, and the student of God's word and the preaching you do, the preaching called by the Lord, really the, the less I feel I know about God. The more I, I learn of God, just the less I feel I know of Him because He is so vast. He is so he is just so much bigger than, than what we can imagine and personally understand. But what I do know about God and what I've learned about God has certainly changed my life. And, and I believe that's true for you. We've been in a series, The Questions That God Has. And we come this morning to that time of year that is providing uh, the mission emphasis that Sunday after Thanksgiving, that Sunday just there, even sometimes it's uh, in December or just before December, we're going to kick off our Christmas season again. It's that Sunday in which we have our uh, emphasis and personal, the week of prayer and, of course, giving. And you know, I was thinking about the series that we were in, and I was thinking about where we're at in our preaching calendar, so to speak, and our emphasis. I was just drawn to this, this, this passage we're going to look at this morning in Isaiah because we kind of get the new bullet here. We get to look at a question that God has to Isaiah, and we also get to think about the need of being on point with mission, to have a fresh vision with mission. So I kind of like what Robert Brenner says. What we know about God at this point for mission certainly radically changes. So let's look at uh, Isaiah 6 and look at verses 1 through 8 together. And we learn right away that this is not a special time in Isaiah's life. There's one thing he won't forget. It happened in, at a time in the world where you, you, you can just easily remember. If I were to say 9-11 today, you can actually remember where you were or what you what was going on on that day, right? I remember the day I heard Elvis Presley died. I remember what I did. I remember that day so vividly. Uh, you know, there are days that just get marked in our memory. Well, for Isaiah, this was that kind of experience. It was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of Israel filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundation of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And he said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
having in his hand a burning coal that had been taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for you. And I heard the voice of the Lord in the earthquake. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Let us send. Here I am. Send me. Come to this moment of a fresh awakening in the prophet's life, in this believer's life. It's our prayer this morning that we would have that same sort of fresh awakening. We've come out of our own, I think, unique year. We might even wonder what is to come for this year ahead of us. Thanksgiving morning was doing my normal routine of some things and reading the news, and I had read where the World Health Organization had called a special meeting because there is now a COVID variant that is popped up in South Africa, and we're wondering and we're concerned, and of course, what does that mean? thinking about where we were a year ago, or just over a little over a year ago, or, or, or December the 4th, Brian, I remember the, the COVID outbreak. I had it in New York about two days later, Brian had it. Our churches were shut down, and I was just thinking, you know, I'm glad we're where we are today. I certainly don't want to go back to where we were a year ago, and yet here we are and still
us all with greatness. We see the greatness of the Son of God. We see the purpose of the Supreme God. The whole purpose was for the glory of God. The meaning of God. What is the purpose of God? What is God all about? This is the confrontation going on with Isaiah. It is a 
Sunday is to come in the presence of the Holy God among the body of Christ and to look at who He is and to look at who we are and it is to be confronted with our need for His mercy. It is to be confronted with our need to call out for His mercy. But in looking for His mercy, we discover His grace. It's in this moment that Isaiah has a perfect confession in verse 9. He says, I am blessed, I am a man of unclean lips, I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, my eyes have seen the King of the Lord of hosts. He has given me not only does he look at his own life, he looks at the world in which he lives. Have you looked around at the world in which we live today? It's an unclean world. I, I, I get rid of it. I, 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 I don't know the word maybe the world in which we live. It's not the word I want, but I guess I get a few sometimes when I look at the world around us. Because the world in some ways really does try to be a better world. Today our world tries to be more tolerant, so we say. And in some ways the world has moved into a new age of tolerance. But unfortunately, much of what the world is embracing in a tolerant way doesn't fit with the tolerance of God. It's exactly opposite from what God said is acceptable and right and holy and even true. And the world pats itself on the back and says, well, we're good and loving and caring and tolerant of people. You see, our ways are not God's ways. God's ways are simply the world's ways. This confession that Isaiah makes isn't just about himself. It's about the world that he lives in. It's not a good place. It's not a, it's not a place that that it is in connection with the Holy God. It, it, it's not fit with Holy God in a way that it could survive. Isaiah begins to pray out of his confession. He begins to pray out for, for help. He begins to pray out for cleansing. And what we see in verses 6 and 7 is a perfect cleansing. The Lord sends one of the seraphims, and he, he takes a pole from the altar with the tongs, and he touches the mouth, and and behold, he touches the lips, and the guilt is taken away, and sin is atoned for. I don't want to lose you with all the symbolism here, but just let me say it's a picture of what God did. It's a picture of what Christ does in our life, and the cleansing that he brings, the atonement of our sin. It can be no eternal life apart from the holy blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It can be no forgiveness of sin apart from what Calvary brings by way of Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection. There's the perfect cleansing that he experienced. The grace of God. And so here's here's Isaiah. He's gone through this. He has seen God face to face. In, in, in a sense, in the spiritual way. He has seen who he is. He has seen who he is. As, as, even though he has given his life to the work of God, even though he's given his life unto uh, the vocation of God, he still sees himself falling short. He still sees a need for a fresh calling and vision of the Lord's life. It's here in verse 8 that God gets a personal call. 
heard the voice of the Lord that said, Whom shall I say? And who will go for us? That's the question this morning. It's open. And who is? Open. Openly presented. God doesn't say, I'm taking Somewhere along the way, 
still be in it. By Jesus, I mean by Jesus. Jesus, by Jesus. Whom shall we say? Now, Lord, we said it, and we said this with Daniel's program. It's been far too few that have an edge of the corner to minister to them. And as Christian parents, we, we, we're good about patting our kids on the back and saying, oh, when you grow up, you'll be a doctor, or you'll be a nurse, or you'll be this, or you'll be that. The very We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you and we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.